Hello and welcome to There Are Giants podcast, episode number 140. It's been a little while since uh, we put one out, so I apologize for that. I had some life things get in the way, uh, but hopefully uh, today's great edition of the pod will make up for a little delay. Uh, I have a few different interviews that I conducted last week in Richmond, uh, one with Hayden Birdsong, who's been really the breakout star of the 2022 um you know, lower round draft choices after, you know, Carson Wilson Hunt, obviously. Uh, Hayden uh, really stepped out of obscurity. Uh, even even draft people who I, I know and text with on draft day uh, who, who can give you really detailed information on deep, deep round picks were like, I don't know much about this guy. Uh, but the Giants saw him. They saw him improve in the summer league uh, that he was in after um, – his, his final season at Eastern Illinois. They believed he could be a starter, which he had very rarely done. Um, and he has gone out and just exceeded all expectations this year. Uh, so I chat with Hayden a little bit. Uh, I also talked with Ben Madison, who's had a, a, a slower road up the up the ladder, drafted originally in 2018, um, missed all of 2020 and 2021, first with the pandemic and then with a, a surgery. Uh, and he's just starting to kind of show the potential for what he can do. And then I have a, a, a little conversation with Richmond manager Dennis Pelfrey, where I just uh, sort of pelt him with <laughs> all kinds of players to get his response on that he has had on this team this year. Uh, a lot of incredible talent has come through the Richmond roster this year. Uh, we talk about Marco Luciano. We talk about Vaughn Brown. We talk about Mason Black, uh, Wade Meckler, uh, quite a few players. I just get Dennis thoughts on. Uh, and wrap that all up, and we've got uh, episode number 140. Uh, before I get to those, I will say once again that uh, Their Giants is completely reader and listener supported, so if you enjoy the content I'm putting out and want to see more of it, um, please go over to um, theirgiants.com or rogermunter.substack.com, and you can become a subscriber and get uh, daily posts during the season. And <clears throat> soon we'll be going to uh, off-season content. Uh, coming up quicker than I would have believed. Um, and lots of good stuff is planned for the offseason. So it's a great time. It's always a great time to become a subscriber. And if you'd like to do that, I greatly appreciate it because your support allows me to go out and see all these guys play. And with that, we're going to start with uh, Hayden Birdsong today. Well, Hayden, yeah, so we did meet in the spring, and I talked to you a little bit uh, about your journey to get to pro ball. Um as we look back over, you know, four or five months, how has this year gone for you in terms of, you know, what your expectations for yourself were, you know, back in March? It's absolutely exceeded my expectations, obviously. <laughs> um, obviously, I've moved twice now, which is really nice, but just learned how to, you know, be ready to move whenever i guess <laughs> i feel like when we talked in march you weren't even sure like what role you were going to have you're like you know they, they might be might be starting might be relieving um you really took the opportunity you had and ran with it it feels like yes absolutely and that's what i'm here to do and try to do as much as i can for whatever team i'm on you're already at the point at this where you've pitched more a good deal more, I think, than you did last year, even with the the, the Wood League, uh, the Summer League. Uh, how are you feeling physically at this point? Not horrible. I mean, obviously, it's draining on me a little bit, but at the same time, I've tried to keep up with all my arm care and obviously everything, and 
Beetle hasn't really changed much, which is al- always a good sign and usually makes me happy that my arm's not just declining through the year. So I would say it's pretty good. What have you What have you learned about like arm care and your body? Obviously, the the kind of taking the ball once every week is not something you've ever done before. Uh, how has that kind of process of learning gone for you this year? Um, I mean, I've started in the past, so I mean. I know what it's like, but that was high school baseball, obviously, and it's obviously way different. But I've kind of learned that from start to start, I have five or six days to, like, get my arm exactly how I need it to feel good on the day I pitch. So it's kind of where my mindset is. So, like, if I throw one night, next day it's let's work hard and get my arm to where I can throw again and make it to where my arm's not bothering me. It's about it. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you lift in between two? Or you absolutely yeah. Lift. I think I run like a two day, two two times a week, ish kind of, and just kind of get in there and do my stuff outside of the two lifts and get treatment when I can and yeah, make sure I'm feeling good. What's the key to getting the arm to bounce back? Because a lot of guys, you know, they try starting and it, it just doesn't work because they're not the stuff's not back on that fifth day. Yeah. What's been the key for you to, to um, the, keep the velo up every time? Usually hydration, foods, hydration, food, and sleep. It's a big deal, obviously. Um, and then making sure I get everything I need out of the training room, as in with my trainer and everybody, like anybody that can help. Obviously, I'm gonna do different programs through the weeks and learn what I need to do. So obviously when I got here, new strength coach, new trainer, new everything. So it's, it's very different. Everything's set up different, and I'm trying to get used to it, but I like it so far, and hopefully I keep getting better and better as it as we finish the season. We'll see. I mean, food and sleep are two pretty good things to have to focus on. I, I talked to, a month ago or so to, uh, to the, the nutritionist on staff. Um, is, has that been kind of a learning curve for you too? Just learning how to eat properly in order to you know keep your body going, keep the engine going. Yeah, absolutely. I've learned a lot about actually taking care of my body on the nutritional side a little bit. Obviously, I still I'm one of those guys that goes into the season heavier than obviously when you end, and it's I just truthfully I just try to get as many calories in a, in the day as I can because I'm losing most of it. So. Whatever I can put in my mouth, I do, and that's that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. I, I wish I had. I wish I had that problem. I mean, you would, so you hit 98 the other day in your first start. Are you at this point like throwing harder than you ever have at your life anywhere you pitched before? Yeah, this is, that's the hardest I've ever hit, and I wasn't expecting it. Obviously, it's just kind of. I think the adrenaline kicked in a little bit, and it was, was having fun and. So was feeling good, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Talk to me about about your pitch mix, because um, you, you have several pitches, um, and some of like that curveball has just been incredible this year. Like, how do you focus on? What do you think your best pitches are? What are you trying to work on to get the other pitches where you want them to be? Kind of, how's that evolved for you this year? Um, yeah, fastball, curveball, obviously is my vertical and like. I'm a vertical type pitcher, so I'd go up and go down, obviously. Yeah. But I've been working on my slider quite a bit. That's my I land that more than I land my curveball in the strike zone, so I throw that probably more often. But it's not my out pitch in a way. And I've been working on my changeup a lot, which I've thrown it more since I've been here. Since even like 
I threw more in my last outing than I basically have all year, and it actually worked really well. But it's not it's not a great pitch, just a developmental pitch. It's my true fourth pitch. I'm just trying to get it to where I can have it so I can throw it every once in a while and get an out, get a ground ball, yeah. and obviously have that slider that I can land and then go curveball or fastball up or whatever. Just learn how to mix stuff. The slider you're stealing strikes with early. Mm, absolutely. The curve you're putting guys away with. Yes. If, you, if you're a north-south guy, how hard is it to go east-west? Um, th- that's another thing I'm working on, obviously. I'm learning how to pitch to hitters in and out and actually know that if I got a big dude up at the plate, I could probably go in because most of the time they have longer swings and I can, they can reach that outside corner. And I'm learning a lot about actually spotting up rather than just throwing as hard as I can. But it's not – I wouldn't say it's easy. <laughs> what I is, wouldn't say it's easy. <laughs> I don't think any of it's easy. <laughs> what is spotting up? Just purely trying to get it on – the certain thirds of the plate so yeah. you've got the middle third in and out inside and out outer third and just trying to get to those spots whenever I can but sometimes it doesn't work out <laughs> you talk about guys that guys swings uh that's a whole another part of of the pitching game uh how do you learn to like read swings like who's I'm, helping you with I'm that just now learning how to read swings a little bit and I probably that'll probably be my next learning experience through the next couple of weeks trying to see a swing and be like okay his swing does this so I should throw this pitch I haven't really dove into it but I know I'm gonna have to so that's kind of where I'm at with that are there guys who are good at it like are there guys on the staff that you can talk to about it who, who oh yeah there's really? a, yeah there's a couple guys older guys that have done sure. it for obviously longer than I have and seen a lot more swings than I have and pitched a lot more innings than I have and there's a lot of people on the staff that can Frisbee, Give me some, like yeah, that. people like that. Just like even like Jay, like John Michael, like he's seen yeah. hundreds and thousands more batters than I have. Just because he's older than me, and he just is really smart about. He's got a spot up and he does his thing, and it's really it's cool to see and bounce ideas off people. Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he loves it when you talk about how he's older than you. But yeah, oh, he's probably not. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's how it is. So, I mean, uh, obviously a lot of what you do is focusing on yourself and kind of making yourself better and what are my strengths and everything, but you get up to this level and there's all kinds of data on the guys you're facing. Um, how do you start integrating that, the, the, the scouting report kind of stuff, into your processes? Um, I'm not a huge scouting report. Like, obviously I look at it and obviously I learn who the guys that are going to do damage. So I go up there and be like, okay – this guy does damage here, this guy runs, this guy's really fast, this guy will bunt a lot, this guy sees the ball in. Like the, I just see little stuff that I can take away. So like if this guy hits everything inside, why don't we, let's just focus on getting out to him and see if he can do damage that way. But if he does, it happens, whatever. I executed my pitches and that's what I can do. This is kind of an interesting team this week because, I mean, one first they got a big leaguer at the yeah. top of the lineup. But then yeah. you've got a lot of pretty good prospects, including a kid who a lot of people think is maybe the best in the minor leagues. Is that like a special day kind of when you when you start thinking about your start later in the week? Do you get up for that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's exciting to see guys like that that everybody sees on, on the Internet every, like every day. You're like, oh, Jack's Holiday did this or whatever, whoever it is. And... 
you're like, okay, let's let's get this guy out. Let's see what I can do to see if I'm better than him or see if I can dominate him. Let's see what I can do. But it's exciting. I like to say I can get him out, but I guess we'll find out on Friday. <laughs> we will. We'll I see mean, how good he really is. I mean, you're getting to be, I mean, you're not, you know, Jackson Holiday, but you're obviously getting to be a guy who people have been talking about this year. Um, the quality of your stuff's been so good. You've moved a lot, obviously. You're a name that's starting to get to be talked about, at least in giant circles. Is that, like, how much does that kind of get into your bubble? Do you, do you become aware that people are talking about you out there in the world? Yeah, I, obviously it's out there, and I know that. It's just, I just, I can't really, can't really think too far into it. <laughs> I, it's not, it's not anything I can control. And if, if it gets bigger, it does. If it gets smaller, it does. I, I just try to come out to the field every day and play hard and hope stuff ends up ends up how it's supposed to be. Yeah, so, I mean, it's nothing you can do anything with. No, right? I can't do much with it. It's just kind of. So we're, we're almost to the end of the first year. It's been a pretty amazing year. What do you, as you start to think, and I know you're not there, but as you start to think and to go into a winner and like, okay, now I, I get to the next level, what are you going to take from this year um, that's both like, I really did this well, this is my strength, and also here's where I need to get a little better? Um, I truthfully... Last off, I, I just know that last off season I didn't know exactly what to do, and I was bouncing from home to Arizona all the time, just just to get working with yeah. the Giants people, Giants people, and um, I'm just kind of looking around trying to see if um, I have a place that I can connect with and like further my development and get stronger, and get more explosive, and not necessarily even throw harder, just like develop my pitches to where they're sharper and have four pitches that are legitimate pitches that I could land whenever I wanted, whenever I want, and just developing my arsenal in reality. I feel like last year, the last couple of years, but really last year, a lot of guys are kind of going out to, to Scottsdale semi, semi-full-time, you know, particularly because they got that amazing facility now. Um, is that something, do you see yourself like spending a lot of the winter out there? If they if they ask me to do it, I will gladly go out there and do it. I'm, they have all the facilities I would ever need and all the staff that I would ever need as well. I could, couldn't complain if they asked me to come out there again, and I'll <laughs> I'll do it. If not, I'll find something to do and I'll stay in touch with them and let them know how everything's going. Well, it's been it's been really fun watching your progress. Uh, you know, from from March to now. I hope you finish strong and. Uh, and I can't wait to see what the next step is for you. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Okay, that is the the fresh, young, delightful Hayden Birdsong, who's really, I think, just finding out what he can do. I mean, he's kind of stuffed his way uh, up to Double A, and now um, now comes the learning process of really figuring out what all he's capable of. It's been a it's been a fun ride for him so far. Uh, and I can't wait to see what, what next year is going to bring. Uh, my second interview is with Ben Madison, who, as I said, I said at the top, it's been a much slower <laughs> ride for Ben, um, really, uh, you know, all along the way, going from, uh, you know, NIA school to lowering draft pick to overcoming injury. Uh, now he's starting to climb up and, and really open some eyes, particularly with the quality of his, his breaking ball. One of the very few kids from Arkansas uh, in, in the system. So, um a really nice guy who I think is uh, kind of like Birdsong, just starting to find out what he's capable of, and it's been a fun to watch that process go. Is it kind 
last night? Oh, yeah, it felt good. I put, I, I put a little thing out on Twitter, some of your, some of your breaking balls. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've just seen that, actually, yeah. <laughs> I love how, how often do you throw a week? What's, uh, what's your schedule? Uh, throw a week? Um, in, a ga in games? In games, yeah. In game, it'll be uh, twice a week, if not three times, just depending on how many innings I go and how many pitches. Yeah. So, I guess the first question is, um, I mean, just how you feel. It's uh, it kind of weird the way your career's gone, but this is going to be the first year where you've, you've pitched, like, April to September, right? You've never had one of these years yeah, before. So just physically, how are you feeling? Uh, physically, I feel, you know, great. And, you know, that's a big upside um, of, you know, staying healthy. You know, towards the end, that's when, you know, you have that, you know, brick wall you're running to. But, you know, just getting in the gym, drinking a lot of water, staying hydrated is, is the big key. And especially seeing the temperatures of weather. So hydration is a plus for me. You've had kind of a a, a longer, slower journey a little bit than some of your teammates. Obviously, kind of like Keaton Wynn. You came out, you had the pandemic year, and then... You miss another year after that uh, surgery. When did that? When did that happen? Like, when did you find out? Like, oh no, uh, I'm gonna lose 21 too. It was the first spring training of bullpen of 21, third pitch. Uh, you know, leading up to it, I knew something. You know, wasn't comfortable. In my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, we gonna do slow bullpen the first day third pitch you know i heard a pop on my shoulder didn't feel good afterwards uh then i got an mri the next day it was like hey you chipped a bone in your shoulder and i was like well you know that's either you know career changing or you know i can put it past as you know to get healthier you know the next year so you know i had to keep my head up and it was very frustrating but you know, I had to, you know, stay on the right path of, you know, being positive, and I did that, and now I'm here healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it turned out well. That's good. I mean, that's got to be just so, so depressing. After missing a year, yeah. you're coming back, you're looking forward, you're on the field. Yeah, How do you, so what was that 2021 year for you like um what did you do how did you how did you work and how did you you know stay up it was uh uh it was in rehab in arizona you know six days a week four to five hours of just strictly you know doing the same thing but i know i had to keep myself on the positive side so i had lifting you know twice a day and also rehabbing my shoulder and you know talking to the trainers you know on a you know personal note and they you know always gave me good feedback and you know always kept me on the upside so i give full you know respect to them and thank them for you know keeping my head you know always on straight and it was it was very you know mentally you know uncomfortable but you know i had to think positive that whole you know rehab situation you uh i don't think i ever saw you pitch before the pandemic um you know i saw you last year in san jose uh, this year and in spring uh obviously your breaking ball is you know kind of the the star of the show with you was that something you had like before you got injured or is that something that developed like in this the it, two years it was uh i always had uh some form of a breaking ball and college i you know started to realize that you know that could be you know a standout for me yeah through somewhat you know mid 90s but also 
I mean, everybody throws hard, you know, professional <laughs> level. So I just have to be, you know, different. And I just, you know, really worked on <clears throat> my off speed in the, you know, previous years. And now that's my best pitch, and I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> of course, you can see. <laughs> right, let me go back to, to to the early days, you know, like amateur days. Um, baseball has become such an industry that the whole amateur thing is like, you know, kids are pay to play from the time they're like 10 you were an actual like athlete like you know back in the good old days you played all the sports you were good enough to that you almost played basketball in college is that right yes it was when did sort of baseball become the the big love for you or the one that was separated from all the other things you played uh it was always you know the top and uh like i always tell my brother I, I just play all the other sports just to stay healthy for baseball, you know, so just to keep me out of trouble, you know, so basketball, football, track, you know, was all, you know, I was always in the gym, I was always um, lifting and, you know, meeting, you know, other people in, you know, different sports, but baseball always had my heart. Did you play, like, did you do travel ball stuff or did you, like, little league, Pony league, what did you play when you were a kid? I played travel ball. Yeah. Travel ball, you know, all the way up till I was, I think, 13, 14. And I loved it, you know, seeing different, different uh, states, you know, and then, you know, travel ball was a different type of family. You know, you, you've been with, you know, the same travel ball team from, you know, 7, 8 till 13, 14, you know, almost in high school. I mean, you just grow a bond with them. Do you have, like, kids you played with uh, that, are, that are in the game that you see around uh, other teams? No, actually, I do not. I do not. Uh, majority of them is uh, college coaches right now, though. So they still, yeah. you know, form with sports. So I give them full respect. I feel like we don't have a lot of uh, Arkansas kids in, in the system, although there were two that were drafted your, your year because PJ uh, was PJ, your year, too. PJ, uh, me, and um, who was it? Who was it? I forgot the other guys. Is there another one? I can't remember right off the top of my head. We got all the Florida kids and all the California yeah, kids. Nah. Arkansas is not as well represented. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always, uh, you know, have conversations. They always give me, you know, crap about it because I'm the only one from the South. <laughs> oh, we got Cantrell from Louisiana, but right. it's just they always give us crap about it. <laughs> Were you always uh, like a hard thrower, a big kid? Were you big for your age as a kid and, and throwing hard kind of early on? I was. I was. I was, um, you know, uh, 6'2 in high school. Uh, I would say 88, 90 in high school, and then uh, college, then college, uh, and I at college, that's when I, you know, hit 95, 96, and then, you know, that's when, you know, everybody was like, hey, you know, you probably, you know, you, you have something, and so I just, you know, stuck with baseball and got more detailed in it and, you know, critiqued my, my mechanics and, you know, also focused more on lifting, too. I feel like actually that's something the Giants do pretty well is scout small schools. When you know you're at NAIA, how much you know like how much scouting is there? Did you see scouts when you were games? When did you kind of start thinking, oh guys are looking at me? I have a, I have a chance to do this. It was uh, my first year and I I had uh, you know a hand a handful you know coming from a JUCO but not many, and then you know I had a good year. Uh, my first year, so it was, you know, a uh, few and few more came, uh, came my second year, and then that's when, you know, you know, the coach told me, like, hey, you, you know, you have an opportunity, you know, to get drafted, and I was like, really? 
like yeah and then like later on that year you know you know 15 or 20 started coming then that's when you know i talked to my coach about getting an agent and that's what it what happened agent you know was you know my right hand man and you know gave me the insight on you know what other organizations think about me so that's that's what really what happened for sure. did you did you uh what was your interaction with the giants like the area scout did they did you have a scout day or did you have any uh interaction I, with the area scout i didn't have a scout day but i did talk to a john scout and he you know at the end of the season he the end of the season going into the summer when i went to minnesota you know we chit chatted up and uh he was just checking in on me and uh he said that they was really interested but you know, seeing, you know, Buster Posey as a kid growing up, <laughs> I was thinking, like, there is no way I can, you know, be on the same organization as him. And, you know, that happened for sure. And I was really excited. That's pretty cool. So you you, you like the Giants, or, or at least because they were going to the, well, the World Series yeah. in those days. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, I think one of the priorities that the organization has is to get people who are excited to be giants as opposed to just, you know, a baseball player. Uh, it's nice. I mean, did you kind of reflect on, obviously you still got a lot of baseball journey in front of you, mm -hmm. but did you kind of reflect on how the process that brought you to here? Mm -hmm. You know, because it, it hasn't been fast. You, you got drafted and then there's a pandemic and you get injured and you, you've been a small school kid, a JUCO kid and yeah. a small school kid. How does it feel like this process has been to you? Has it been long and slow and steady, or has it gone fast? Uh, I'm definitely going to say it has been long, but what keeps me going and keeps me waking up in the morning come to the field, it's, it's the hard work and dedication that I have put in. I put extremely amount of time in, in the gym and, you know, therapy, and it's just like, why I do all that stuff just to, you know, put it aside. I, I'm, I got my foot in the door, and I'm not going to stop until I, you know, make it to the show. I mean, you mentioned therapy. How much is mentality, attitude, you know, your mental structure, how much is that a part of what you're doing every day? It's, it, it was, you know, very lackadaisical when I got drafted just because of my age difference. But, you know, being an organization and, you know, seeing how well-rounded the coaching staff and the trainers are, you know, on a personal level, that's where my maturity 100% got better. And, you know, really, that's, that's, all of, that's all it is in baseball for sure is, you know, the personality and the maturity to me, I think, just because, I mean, you can be a great baseball player, but you just can't have a bad, you know, personality. Nobody will like you. And, you know, that's why you have to put two and two together, you know, good mentality, good personality, and you play good. That's just a well-rounded person all in one. I mean, when, earlier in the year, I was talking to Meckler when, when he was here, and I, you know, kind of go, what do you, what's the secret to your success kind of thing? First thing he brought up was it was a middle skills coach that he worked with, yeah. that it's really, like, focus concentration and like you say you know the human the human side the interaction with your teammates that's a huge part of really player development uh -huh. so where do you go from here what are the things that you're working on to get you to that next level to get you you know triple a get other teams looking at you to get the giants looking at you what's the next thing that you got to evolve in your game just uh, every outing learn something small don't have to be nothing big learn something small every outing and just work on it you know in between outings you know and practice and being also consistent so that's that's definitely going to be my you know little steps that i'm going to take forward
that's pretty cool attitude to have. So you pitched last night. What what'd you take away from the game when you're processing it? What do you what would you learn from last night? I slowed everything down, and as soon as I stepped on the mound, um, in my head, I was thinking to myself like, "You're here for a reason. Show them why you're here." And you know the outcome, you know, was great. And now I just have to, you know, keep it going. Keep it going in the right direction. You, it might have been your last pitch, or maybe you came out for another day. You punched out a kid who's like talk of the town. Everybody's talking the number one prospect oh, in, yeah. in baseball. Is that fun? Do you get a, an extra kick out of that, or does it not uh, matter? It don't matter. <laughs> if, if we're on the same field, we play in the same game, and, you know, you know, I'm going to throw my best stuff, and being a hitter, I, I don't know what's, what they got going on. <laughs> but I know for sure if I have the ball in my hand, I'm going to, you know, try to dominate every pitch and every outing. So It's been a lot of fun watching the last two years, especially you kind of like starting last year and extended and, and moving up here and getting to double-A now, and, and I know you're going to go ahead from here. Uh, good luck to you, and it's, it's really fun watching you develop. Thank you. Thank you. Ben Madison uh, is a Rule 5 eligible player this year. He's kind of an interesting fringe decision. He's somewhat in the same position maybe as like Nick Avila was last year, uh, where you can see someone taking a chance on him, um, but you can also see the Giants maybe letting a team take a chance on him and see if he returns. Uh, or it'll kind of depend on what how they feel about their, their relief depth on the 40-man uh, but he's one of those guys who could make a push uh, for protection, uh, could interest other teams uh, in a Rule 5 selection in the winter. Uh, he's starting to open up some eyes a little bit this year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the winter plays out for him. And then finally, um, uh, I have uh, some conversation with Dennis Pelfrey where I just ask him about a whole bunch of players. And, uh, of course, all of this is, <laughs> you know, batting practice time, so the stadium speaker's going. So uh, it, it's just sort of the stadium noise uh, around you, hopefully. Um, the quality of the of the the comment <laughs> helps you overlook the the uh, quality of the sound uh, production. But um, Dennis Pelfrey is always a great guy to talk to. Always really thoughtful, really interesting to hear what he has to say. So I just pepper him with questions about a lot of prospects who've moved through the team this year uh, to see what his thoughts were. So I, I just want to ask you about if you guys who are gone, you guys who are new, kind of what you've seen on their journeys through the year. Um, and what, we should start with Lucy, uh, who's no longer here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you, I saw some quotes from you, kind of the numbers weren't reflecting the quality of the bat, which is was kind of what I was taking from him when I left. Yeah. Yeah, he had an interesting year because he was a late start, he had the back thing. What was kind of the journey that you saw from him you know, from spring to getting here to being a guy who was ready to go to the next level. Yeah, I mean, in spring training, I think you saw a guy who was determined to really start taking, you know, his prep work really, really serious on what he, how he was preparing for the games and not necessarily the games, but just preparing to work out and taking care of his body. Um, not that it was bad in any way before then, but you could really see his, his focus and his craft and uh, just to get, get himself ready for the day each day in spring training, which was fantastic. And obviously, you know, he wanted to break, you know, with the team uh, at camp. It just, it just wasn't quite ready yet. And then once he got ready, he came here and, you know, immediately um, progressed from the first day here until he left. And it was it's really special to see it. It, it really goes into what 
he's done for himself and how he prepares every single day and, and kind of where he's driven to go. And I think that, you know, this year he got to see himself in a different aspect and, and see how close he really is to making it to the big leagues, which obviously he did. And uh, taking all those things like we talk about here a lot is the prep and the lifting and the diet and everything to prepare yourself to play. And, you know, the game is the game, whatever it is. Right. But, you know, as long as you're taking care of your stuff, and it's really hard on a smaller staff, you know, in the in the minor leagues to be able to quote-unquote babysit guys and make sure, hold their hand. And so it was really special to see how he went about his business every day. I, I thought it was kind of remarkable just to see how much looser and freer he was physically on the field after, you know, two, three weeks here. Yeah. Um, was that, you know, just recovery of the body or was that, you know, this improved improved preparation on his part? I think a little bit of both, yeah. um, along with, you know, myself and Lipso Nava, who, you know, I'll continue to, to, to say how we allow guys to free themselves up when they play and we want you to show off a little bit and show off your athleticism and your abilities but the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you're preparing right and I think that you know he really kind of took with that and ran it was really the first time that um, me and Lipso have had him together Um, you know we had him a little bit there in Eugene in 21 there towards the end and then you know last year obviously Lipso was in San Jose and I was here and I had he came the last two days of the season but I think just being comfortable and have, we had a plan for him and we told him from the very beginning on how we were going to attack that. And I think he just ran with it and obviously, you know, he did what he did. Yeah, and the other thing I think you could really see from him was his dedication to working at bats, you know, looking for the pitch he wanted to swing at and letting bats go as long as they were. That was pretty different from, you know, when I saw him a couple years ago, Eugene San Jose. That was a real area of growth from him. Yeah, I, I think just getting dialed in too and, Corey Elastic does a really good job with, you know, individualizing the routines for guys and and what we're trying to accomplish and really kind of had him hone in on, you know, a certain pitch and a certain spot and not to really swing until he got that. And I think that that was really a really special thing and something you don't see out of a lot of guys. Like his chase rate outside of the zone was really one of the best I've seen. It was amazing. Uh, Okay, and then um, Mason is another guy who's gone on. Like a lot of the pitchers on the staff, he had a he had a rough spot in May, and then just shut things down after that. What were kind of the keys to him? What adjustments was he making that that got him to that place where he basically pitched himself out of the league? I think with him, just like everybody else we've had here, you know, once they get their feet wet and have a few outings under them, they start to get comfortable in their own skin and comfortable with where they're at and. And, and where they're going, I think that a big part of it is how we do it here. Again, going back to like the Luciano thing, is we talk about the preparation and what you're doing beforehand and not so much worry about the game. The game is going to be the game. We're just going to compete. Our work is the most important. So what you're doing in the bullpen, what you're doing, we want to be elite at catch play. We want to be elite at stretch. And I think that once guys understand that's our mentality, we're going to work to play. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that that's... Once they start understanding that mentality, it, it really frees them up in the games, and they can just kind of show off their stuff, basically. And I think that Mason Black is a guy who's got big league stuff, and once we you know, unlock that for him and he unlocked it for himself, he's able to really show what he can do. Yeah. Games are just reaction to the, to the work. To the work. Right. Yeah. Um, how far away do you think he is from being a big league pitcher at this point? I mean, in all honesty, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not around the big league club <laughs> or big league you know, 
people, uh, so to speak. I got to spend a little bit of time in spring training to be around some of those guys, but never really get to see, you know, the work that those pitchers put in and, you know, how good they really are. But, you know, obviously, selfishly, Mason Black, to me, has good enough stuff to be there now. He just needs to get polished a little bit and, and really understand how to pitch and, uh, and and be able to showcase his abilities and pitch at the same time. And I think that, you know, it's, it's really – a matter of time because he's so consistent in what he does and he, he gives you a chance to win every time out whether you're here or even every game I see him throw in the AAA like he's given the team a chance to win so I think that, that at the end of the day on the at the big league level that's all we really want uh, for any team whether it's the Giants or whoever but I think that you know he's just basically one of the, one of those players that's in a spot right now that it could happen any day or it could be next year you know who knows so another guy who came and went very fast is uh, Meckler um Pretty special getting to AAA in in your first year. Really, your first year. He played for three weeks or something last year. What is it about him that allows him to move through levels at at the rate he did this year? Intense focus on his prep. I mean, that's what I try to preach and what we try to preach here as a staff to everybody is something he already had, and I think that uh, it fit really well for him here, obviously, and everywhere else he's gone. Um, and you know. He, somebody could say he had a slow start in AAA because I think he went 0 for 2 or something with two walks, but he drew the two walks. And I think, you know, by the end of the month, you're going to see the same type of hitter that you were that you saw here. I don't think the competition matters to him on what he's facing because he has such a really good focus and intent with his plan that nothing is going to take him out of that. And I think he's going to continue to be a, you know, a 300 or better hitter wherever he goes. And uh, he's got a chance to do some special things defensively. Yeah. His concentration level just like never seems to take a beat at all, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if he had a downfall, that would probably be it because, you know, when we leave the ballpark, I tell him they can just stay away from the game, but he probably doesn't, you know? And so, uh, if that, if you can consider that a downfall, then maybe. But you know, he's he's so dialed into his craft and his career that you know the sky is going to be the limit for this kid. Uh, okay, and then I'll talk, ask about a few people who are still here. Um, Vaughn has had kind of an up and down time since he's got here. Obviously, there's a lot of impact tools. Um, there's been some swing and miss. What are the what are the adjustments that he needs to make from kind of where he is to to, to, to beat this level and, and go on? I think just figuring out who he is, uh, you know, his identity. I think that for him, he struggled so many so much with injury over his career that it's really hard for him to kind of get settled in and be comfortable where he's at. We had him in a really really good spot, I think. I think, and then he gets hit by a pitch this past week and. You know, in a, in a really tough spot. So, you know, he's been out a few games now and um, hopefully be back in there, you know, mid to late this week uh, to really start feeling good again. And I think that today you got the swing on the field for batting practice uh, or hitting practice, we call it here uh, today. And it looks really good. And, uh, you know, he felt really good. And, you know, it's in the long run, I think it's going to help him. But really, it's just getting some consistency playing every day and getting a full season under his belt to really understand who he is and what he's about. A really new guy here uh, is another one who's moving fast, and that's Hayden Birdsong, uh, who's, who's almost like performing better as a pro than he did in college, which is kind of amazing. Obviously, you haven't had him very long, but what, are, what have you seen uh, you know, in his first outing? Very confident kid and understands who he is on the mound and, you know, doesn't let really anything rattle in the mound presence was great the other day even though he you know he gave him a few runs there and you know he stayed composed and I think that you know for some guys 
you know, that everything in college is so controlled and so dictated for, the, for these guys that it's really hard for them to come out of their shell or unlock their potential. And I think that, again, it goes back to the atmosphere and the culture we have here that starts with the players and then the staff and front office that allows these players to really just free it up and be themselves. And I think that, you know, he immediately felt really good about the situation that he's in here. Obviously excited about being called up to AA, but I think you're going to see a kid that progresses really fast through, through AA as well. Uh, and then uh, the last of the new guys I think uh, I forgot is Victor Barracoto. Um, we've seen this before. Guys like really tear up the, the the Northwest League, and they come here, and, and there's a little bit of a stumble because it's a, a tougher league. Uh, how do you help guys through that that transition when they get here? And and what do you see in Victor that's going to sort of help him succeed at this level? Yeah, just to help guys. I mean, one, I think the Eastern League is probably the best league in minor league baseball um, yeah. as far as competition and you know what it really is, the travel and everything. You know, I think it's a really tough league to come from, especially coming from a six-team league in the Northwest League. The weather's completely different. All these different factors. And, you know, I think that Victor being a young guy, I think he's 21, um, you know, if, if, if you don't have some success early, it can kind of wear on you a little bit. But, again, we always go back to the prep, make sure you're prepared and make sure you're, you know, taking care of everything off the field and in the clubhouse before you come out and play. And it's just a matter of him getting comfortable. And I think you're starting to see him come alive just a little bit. Um, you know, I think this last year he had a couple of multi-hit games and um, really starting to understand, you know, what he's doing. I think defensively he's, he's getting better, and I think that he's made a couple of mistakes out there that, you know, only because he's trying to be something that he's not for the team to win the game, you know, and I see, so he's trying to do a little bit too much. And uh, so we always bring him back and just relax and, again, showcase your abilities on the field. And, and trust your instincts and, and go about your business. And I think that over the next couple of weeks here, you're going to see by the end of the season, you know, a, a kid that can really do some damage at the plate and be a really, really good presence defensively. He's already thrown out, I think, four people on the bases. You know, he's had four, four or five outfield assists already, something like that. Crazy that, um, you know, so he's got a lot of confidence there in throwing the baseball. It's just a matter of cleaning up a few little things. And, again, being a young guy, it's going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of patience and, I think that he's in a really good spot mentally where he's not getting too frustrated or too down, and he's going he's gonna to excel. Last question. Um, I feel Will's back today. Is Shane's come back this way. Nobody wants to come this direction down the ladder. How do you help guys kind of like separate from that disappointment and focus on what they need to do to, to, to move back again? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, we go back to the cliche, control what you can control. You know, there's nothing, you know, other than somebody making a decision on where you're going uh, when you're in an organization and you just got to do the best you can with what you're given and I think that Will Wilson um, you know obviously coming back down we have had him parts of all you know three seasons that I've been with the Giants and phenomenal guy and I don't think he's going to miss a beat I think it's probably going to be refreshing to him because he's probably going to get to play a little bit more here and, and really build on the year that he's had and I think he's having a really good year in AAA um, you know he's he's in a good spot physically he's in a good spot mentally and I think that you know right off the bat tonight I wouldn't be surprised you know in the second out of the game he does something really special for us. Tough I appreciate your time thanks so much as ever. You got it you got it. And that'll do it for episode number 140 of There Are Giants podcast. Unbelievably um boy there's only two more homestand weeks for Richmond this year uh it's incredible how fast this season has gone. Uh, but I'll try and grab a few more players' uh, interviews while I am down there uh, and get us uh, into the end of the season. 
It is amazing how fast that's happened. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back next week with more of their Giants podcasts. 